Beardsley Allen to introduce this special live edition of Sahaja Yoga Meditation. We're here today with the Sydney Sahaja Yoga Bhajan Group and all the collective of Sahaja Yogis. We'll be talking with the musicians about the deeper meaning of music and about self-realization, which is the awakening of our own spiritual energy called Kundalini. And also a bit later, we're going to go through a guided meditation so that you can experience this awakening for yourself. And I might add that all the music we will hear today is being played live, especially for this program. talking today with John Smiley, the leader of the Sahaj Bhajan Group, Peter Branscombe, Jillian Patankar, and Prue Page. Peter, we'll start first. Um, these bhajans you play have a very infectious rhythm. Can you first tell us what a bhajan is? Bhajan is uh, a Hindi word that's given to songs that are sung all over India in the villages. They've been sung this way really for thousands of years. Uh, it doesn't require a classical training to sing bhajans because they're, they're songs of the people. The village people sing bhajans to express their joy, their joy of their connection with the spirit. These are songs of devotion, of worship, worshipping the divine, worshipping the eternal. In Sahaja Yoga we find them particularly useful because when we sing these songs they strengthen our kundalini which is the part of our being that puts us, puts us in touch with the spirit. It makes the meditation deeper and stronger and we find it very useful for that. Um, why is it that some music touches us in this special sort of way and other music just leaves us flat? Well there's a lot of music in this world, a lot of art in this world which is very transitory because it's not eternal. All the greatest art and the greatest music is great because it touches the spirit. It touches that part of us which transcends our day-to-day -day moods, our own personal experiences, 
our own memories and touches that part which is eternal within us, the spirit. This is the part of us that gives us the real joy. This is what, why we're here on this earth, is to get in touch with this part, the spirit. And this music is a wonderful way of reaching it. Um, Prue, in ancient times, music played a very important role and it was considered to be as important as religion. Um, there doesn't seem to be any more of any music of substance these days. Like we don't we don't know of any Mozarts or Vivaldis, or if we do, they're they're few and far between. We seem to have lost something in in our um, appreciation of of these very important things in life. Well, Lee Allen, <coughs> music is certainly one of the most sublime of the arts, and it was used really. Um, primarily to connect man with God, to connect man with the spirit. Uh, I wouldn't say that there isn't music at the present time. I think if you travel to India and hear some of the very great artists uh, playing Indian classical music, you'll find that the relevance of their music to the spirit is quite eternal, quite sublime. Also in the West, I think that after a really rough period in the 20th century, we're returning to far more music in touch with the heart because music is an art which awakens the heart. Scientists recently discovered that the heart has its own brain. So music can actually uh, go past the brain. In fact, it even when one is a performer, perhaps enters the central nervous system beyond brain through heart so that one can communicate very directly and in a sublime way with the audience. So this would explain why we can get lost in music, I suppose. We can. There's also been some other tests done uh, which indicate that a waltz is very um, user-friendly because a waltz has the rhythm of a heartbeat. And so much of this has been lost in perhaps the last century because music today of the heavy metal variety isn't exactly like a heartbeat. But um, I think that we're coming through this period. I, I see signs in some of our composers actually in Australia like Ross Edwards where music is actually uh, lightening and transcending and becoming more uh, in line with the spirit more sublime, more inspiring. Um, John, I'd like to ask you about Indian classical music. Um, it's often described as something very strange and foreign to, to the Western ear, and yet you always hear it um, as in association with meditation. It has this meditative quality. Why is that? What, what is it about Indian it's classical? It's because um, Indian music, the basis of it comes from a science, and it's linked very much with all the sciences of yoga, um, even Western music has the same basis to a certain degree. I mean, we have the same scale like uh, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, So. The same in Indian music, there's Sa, Re, Ga, Ma, Pa, Da, Ni, Sa. But they've gone into the whole science of all the combinations of the notes, what different combinations of the notes awaken different emotions or different qualities in, the, in people. And they've discovered those combinations of notes that will... in uplift and enlighten people and I don't think that science is so much there in the West. It might have been there a long time ago but it's been lost and that's something that hasn't been lost in India. They've kept to that 
that tradition, that understanding. Um, just touching on what Prue mentioned, uh, I read recently that uh, with Western classical music, um, university exam scores were much higher after students listened to Mozart. Yes, I read that also. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it stimulates the brain uh, in ways that other music doesn't. It, uh, it, in, it increases the ability to study. So all students should get out their Mozart CDs <laughs> and have a listen. Um, Gillian, can you please explain to us what happens with self-realization? This kundalini energy, once it's awakened, is called self-realization. Okay. Um, well, we have within us a subtle body, and this subtle body corresponds to the sympathetic nervous system within our body. This subtle body has a left and a right channel, which um, correspond to our past on the left side and to our emotions and our desires, and on the right side to our thoughts and our um, actions. The central channel, which corresponds to the spinal cord, represents the state of the present moment and the state which we go into in meditation. Now, at the base of the spine, there is... Um, a bone called the sacrum bone, and residing within that bone is the kundalini, which is a Sanskrit word for coils. And this kundalini is an energy which, when it is awakened, rises up and connects the seven subtle centers within us, which um, reside at specific points along the spinal cord, rises up, connects them, and pierces out through the fontanelle bone, which is at the top of, at the top of the head, and comes out through the top of the head as a cool breeze. Now, when this actually happens, you become connected to the operating consciousness, the, um, the awareness which is all around us. And at that point, you actually go into a state of meditation and you experience silence. And this state of silence, or, or what we call thoughtless awareness, is a state which takes you into meditation. And that is what happens when the kundalini actually rises. So you're saying that meditation isn't something that we do, it's actually something that happens? That's right. You find that um, you can keep your body still, um, you can sit still, you can control your muscles, you can control your breathing. But what people find most difficult when they're meditating is actually to control their thoughts. And that is because when, for most um, styles of meditation, you're still at a mental level. When the kundalini actually rises, it takes you, because it pierces out through your, through your fontanelle bone, it actually takes you beyond your thoughts and takes you into meditation. So you're meditating from the inside out as opposed from the outside in. And that's what you experience, is that connection with your spirit and with the, this subtle energy that is, is all around us, which we call vibrations. So, Peter, we have a lot of groups out there that tell us this, that, and the other thing, and they um, usually have some sort of a cost involved. What, what's the difference between Sahaja Yoga and all these other groups out there? Sahaja Yoga gives you the actuality of the experience of the self-realization. Others talk about it, but Sahaja Yoga delivers. And um, for this experience, we don't charge. Um, all the people who are involved in Sahaja Yoga, we don't earn our money from this. We, we just do it for the... We share it with people because we enjoy it. We, we like other people to enjoy it with us. Um, how does it um, relate to, say, other great religious beliefs? It's not in conflict with any of the re great religious beliefs. Uh, essentially, all the religions, the great religions, say, know thy spirit. 
Sahaja Yoga makes this possible. So you find that all the great religions are incorporated. If you look in, you will find the truth, the great truths that all these great people who came to deliver these messages over the period of history, if you look in, you find that this truth is within you. It's not really to be found in the books. It, more subtly, you find it within you, in your meditation, and that's what Sahaja Yoga is all about. So this kundalini energy, what is it? Is it in everyone? Everyone has kundalini, just as they have two eyes, a nose and a mouth. The kundalini is there as well, uh, just a little bit more subtle for um, gross eyes to see. But in meditation, you experience the kundalini. She's your mother. She's been born with you, waiting for this moment when she can make this connection to connect your spirit in your heart with the all-pervading power and to connect your attention, your wakened attention with the spirit so that the connection is always there, that you know that you're this deep person. You're not a superficial person who's blown by every breeze and every fashion and every superficial thing in this world, but you have deep roots and moorings and, and that is your truth and What's more, as you deepen and your spirit shines more and more, it, it, you develop the capacity to transform other people so that they find the same thing within you, and that's really what Sahaja Yoga is all about. John, I know that the founder of Sahaja Yoga, Srimataji, travels all over the world giving lectures and teaching people about this self-realization that everybody can have. Can you tell us a bit about her? Well, she's uh, she's a... She's a guru. She's uh, very much a guru of herself. She's in complete control of everything that she does. But she's a mother as well, which is quite unusual. You don't often see a guru who is also a mother. She offers uh, awakening of this energy, this kundalini energy, um, instead of just one-to-one, which was done in the past in India particularly, She's devised a method in 1970 whereby she can give this awakening to people en masse. It started off with one person, then it grew to in the the tens, twenties, then into the hundreds, now into the thousands. And sometimes, like in Russia, she gives self-realization to 16,000, 20,000 people. And in India, it's been even 25,000, 50,000 um, and everybody can feel this awakening on their on their fingertips, on their hands, and they can feel it as a cool breeze emitting from the top of their head. And it's not something that is thought or you you know you have to think about it. It's something you can actually feel, and that's a great difference between this and many other things. Now I understand she's had this special gift to awaken Kundalini since she was a child. In fact, Mahatma Gandhi recognized this specialness of her. Yes, she she speaks very fondly of her time when she stayed in Mahatma Gandhi's ashram and he would often come to her because he knew she was something special and he would come to her and uh, just talk with her and she would just give him little bits of advice and uh, he would take these up, these things that she would say and it's very unusual for, for such a grown man to go to a young child 
for advice, but he knew she was something special, and he probably also knew that true wisdom really is in is in the young people or the people who still have their innocence. Mm-hmm. We're going to listen now to uh, an excerpt of a talk of Srimataji. Uh, we'd ask everybody just to sit quietly, and we'll have a guided meditation straight after. See, people have no identity. Why, why these people paint their heads and wear funny dresses? Because they want to express their identity. Your identity is within yourself, is your spirit. And once you know your spirit, you'll be amazed how dynamic you are. I've known many artists who were very ordinary artists. In India especially, you know Amzad Ali, he was an ordinary artist. After coming to Sajoga, he's become such a great artist. Sifat Hussain, so many of them. Because I'm telling you, you don't have to believe, you can ask them. There are so many people like this who have achieved a lot. There are many who could never speak a word on the stage, that's a stage fear. They have become great orators and speakers. They have become free to express themselves. Then we have people who are, say, chartered accountants, who have never known what is language is, what is the beauty of poetry. They have become great poets. Like this, so many things have happened to people. But we don't want to publicize and we don't want to give it in the newspapers and we don't allow people to talk about it. Because that is not the main thing that you have to achieve. Firstly, you are collectively conscious. But when you become collectively conscious, you don't react. Because you know, if a person is trying to be harsh with you, you know why he is harsh. If person is trying to be nice with you, you know why he is. Because you know you do not react, you just watch. And this watching is something like your attention being directed towards the problem. This attention when directed towards that problem acts. It acts. It's not just an attention that goes out, but it acts and works out things. It's so many miracles have taken place in Sahaja Yoga that it's impossible to understand this all-pervading power, how it is working. As I say, it's Kruta Yuga now. Kali Yuga is about to finish. The Kruta Yuga has started. Kruta Yuga means the one in which this Paramachaitanya, this all-pervading power is active. It is active. It acts in so many ways that you are surprised at the miracles it has created. This is not the time I could tell you about this, but those who are here, who have got their realization, have been blessed by Sahaja Yoga, can tell each one of them lots of things that they have seen that has happened to them and how their lives were transformed. This transformation is very important today. With this transformation, people lose the sense of greed. You know, nowadays this greed has brought all the politicians to such a level. It's so stupid to have this greed. The satisfaction part comes in through Sajana. As you know, there is the law of economics that in general wants are not satisfied. 
Today I want to buy a car, then I don't enjoy it. Want to have a house, I don't enjoy it. Then I want to have an aeroplane, I don't enjoy it. Because we don't know what we want. We run after these things one after another like mad and the greed starts working I mean, to such a stupid limit that people want to put all this money into the walls. They want to have walls of money. When stupidity goes to that limit, not only greed, then also the jealousies we have. Because we think that the people who are with us are not the people who should be there or we have, should supersede them or we should be at a higher position. Actually, there is no love, there is no compassion, there is no understanding of another person. But when Sahaja Yoga takes place, I have seen thousands of people, whether they are from Russia, from England, America, Australia, anywhere, I have seen them thousands together, they live together, they feel each other, they understand each other and the love they have for each other is tremendous. If something happens to someone anywhere in the world, the whole society you can call it, you can call the nations where Sajogis are there, they are so concerned as they would not normally be even about their brothers. All kinds of help, all kinds of suggestions come in. Doctors will run through, they will come round. It's such a big society, we can say, such a big moral relationship that starts. Everybody helps everyone. But that doesn't mean that one becomes only possible in Australia, I tell you. If you are interested in your well-being, in your transformation, you must have some patience. Otherwise, how is it going to work out? On the contrary, I've seen in Russia, there are never less than 16 to 18,000 people and not one person would know. After all, what is so great about that? I can't understand. We are in a democratic country and God, we have got freedom to do whatever we like, all right. But what about the freedom to wisdom, to understanding. Russians, I think, are people, of course, communism or anything, I, I'm not very much for favor for it. But one thing, they haven't developed that possessiveness in them. They're not possessive. They're so sweet that uh, the government gave them their houses. And they said, you can have these houses, these flats you can have your own. We don't want we don't want to have it, you can have it. Apart from that, you see, once I was there, there was a coup. And I asked them, aren't you worried there's a coup on and all these things happening? They said, Mother, who are we? Why should we? We are in the kingdom of God. I was surprised at their positive understanding of themselves. That's what you are. You are so powerful within. You are so dynamic within, it's such a treasure within you, you have not known your glory which you have to know. Once you know that, you become satisfied.
with yourself to begin with. But that doesn't mean that you become poor or financially uh, disturbed, not at all. On the contrary, uh, I've seen now in Australia itself, people who have come to Sahaja Yoga are all very well employed, very happy people. It all works out because your but attention becomes enlightened. Attention becomes concentrated. It doesn't fritter away. It doesn't take your mind here and there. And you see the right thing at the right time. You become a personality of great penetration. You don't do anything as such in the sense you don't react. But this attention itself acts and works for you. You must know that we are not only ordinary human beings. And as great saints, were nothing, they were not even some of them educated people. But what was so great about them that they were one with the Divine Power? They had this power flowing through you and they were so dynamic and you could see the dynamism within them. This is, with your attention, it happens. You know the Absolute Truth. If you know the Absolute Truth, then how can there be a quarrel? Supposing all of you know I am sitting down here. Now you won't fight on that issue whether I'm here or not because everybody sees the same thing. So if you all know Absolute Truth, you see, then there is no question of argument, no question of discussion, but everybody will know the same thing. That's how there cannot be any wars either, if all the people believe in the same thing. Of course, in every country we have lots of Sajogis, I must say, and there are also some politicians in Sajoga. So, if <coughs> it reaches the helm of affairs, I'm sure a day will come that people will give up the idea of war completely, no question having any war, any struggle, any fight, or anybody putting up atomic bombs around. It all comes from the ignorance and the blindness of people who do not see that we are part and parcel of the whole. But when it happens to you that you become one with the Divine, then you are like a little drop dissolved into the ocean ocean of joy. Now joy is not like happiness and unhappiness, it is singular. Once you jump into the ocean of joy, everything gives you joy. If it is ridiculous, you laugh at it. If it is sublime, you enjoy it. And the whole personality becomes so beautiful and vibrant, that it absorbs everything that is constructive. All that is destructive is dropped out.
so we can all experience this self-realization, we'll now go through a short guided meditation. So first off, we have to just sit down comfortably, either on a chair or on the ground. Uh, we remove our shoes so our feet are closer to the earth. This helps to clear the system. And then just place both our hands open on our lap with the palms up and just sit comfortably and relaxed. And we can close our eyes to help bring our attention inside because this energy, the Kundalini, is within you already. take a few gentle but deep breaths and that heartbeat you feel is the physical reflection of the spirits within you and you can ask the question to the kundalini inside you you can ask just quietly Am I the spirit? And the spirit is that unchanging constant within you. your hand on your lap again with the palm up and just bring your attention down your spine to the very base and here is the first chakra and you can ask you can ask the kundalini please give me that wisdom and that innocence and from this meditation can grow tension up to the level of the hips and here is the kundalini where it resides in the sacrum bone and here you 
ask for the Spirit, the knowledge of the Spirit to manifest within you. So you ask, please can I have the pure knowledge of the Spirit? Slowly bring your attention up along the spine, through the navel to the stomach. And here you ask the Kundalini to manifest that satisfaction and the peace of knowing the self within you. of the Spirit. up along the spine to the level of the heart and to help the attention you can again put your right hand on your heart and here again you'll feel the heartbeat which is always there just as the spirit is. So you say, I am the spirit. Just taking your attention up, up the spine into the neck. And here you ask the Kundalini to make you part of that wholeness, which is the spirit. To make you one with everyone. 
bring your attention up into the very center of your head. And if there's any thoughts here disturbing you or any distractions outside, just forgive them. Just say, I forgive. And the thoughts and the distractions will subside. So I forgive. bring your attention up to the top of your head and you can place your right hand the palm of your right hand on the top of your head on the fontanelle bone area and here you have to ask for your self-realization so you ask the kundalini to give you that state of meditation If you slowly raise your right hand a few inches above your head, you should start to feel the coolness coming out of your head onto your hand. It may be quite close or a little bit higher up. Just slowly move your hand till you can feel it. keeping your attention up there on top of your head bring your right hand down onto your lap with the palm up and you should also now feel a coolness in the very center of the palm of your hand and if there's any thoughts still again just say I forgive just check once more take your right hand above your head six or seven inches now and you should feel a coolness there and you can just swap over put your right hand down and try with your left hand should be very feeling very peaceful and meditative now 
That was tremendous, Matthew. I'd like to thank Prue Page for the beautiful solo and accompaniment to the meditation. We're going to go out with uh, John and his bhajan group, but first, John, can you tell us a bit about this bhajan that you're going to be singing for us at the end here? This is a song that was composed by some Sahaj yogis in, in near Delhi in a suburb called Noida. And it's, they, they have a very rustic but very passionate style of singing. And a uh, rough translation is, it's singing about the, the kundalini, about the mother that's within us. And it says, and Jagadamba is one of the names of the kundalini. It says, Mother Jagadamba has come. My pure mother has come. The whole universe is happy to hear that the mother has come. The mother who comes on the tiger, her powers are immense. No one has gone empty-handed from her heavenly palace.
Shakti 